0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Greg DeVries, pastor at the Wells Scottsboro, and I'm grateful that you've decided to listen to this podcast. I hope that this word uplifts you and encourages you wherever you are. Stay with me for a few moments after the sermon. I would like to pray with you. I trust you'll be blessed by the word of God. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you guys this morning. We have a lot of the staff here with us. Thank you, Pastor Joel. Appreciate it. Have a lot of the staff here with us, as you guys very well know. We're on a on a staff retreat right now, uh, as pastors, and just seeking the Lord and and uh, finding some direction uh, from Him and spending some time with one another. But we did not want to miss being with you this morning and to have uh, this time together. And the Lord had uh, put on my heart when we went into this year to uh, to speak the two first two services of, of at the Well and you'll hear other speakers. Uh, last thing I want is you to get too familiar to one voice or too locked into just one voice but uh, that you don't, you can't hear from another perspective. In Hebrews it says that uh, the word of the Lord comes in various ways and so this morning I have something I believe that the Lord has spoken to me. And I believe it's something that he is speaking to you. He's speaking to us. And, uh, and it's something that you need to early um, state as your claim that this is who I'm going to be. We talked a little bit about that this, uh, this past weekend. Uh, you are. You are a chosen generation. Uh, I did not go in depth to it, but chosen, that word chosen literally means a people of exodus and that can be drawn out to a conclusion in two ways. Uh, and one definitely has to be, you have got to come out from amongst them. You cannot be of the world and of the kingdom. The days of of half and half and 60, 40 and 10, 90 or whatever, are they're over. They're, they just don't exist. And uh, so you have to, it's, it's something about coming out. And we're going to talk about that this morning. Uh, what I'm sharing with you this morning is, um, is, in that aspect of coming out and being separate and just a mindset, uh, they're a heart set and a will set. And then the other aspect of it is, is that we are the generation of Exodus, so what I mean by that is uh, we most likely are the generation. Now, a generation can last, uh, what does the scripture say? Uh, you know, there's a 70-year uh, thing, then there's an 80-year and, you know, three-score and whatever it is, uh, there live life. And live 80 years, you lived a good, healthy, full life, but you will start to feel the effects of it uh, there. And so I don't know how long your life is going to go. I have no idea. I don't, I don't know that it's going to go any further than tomorrow. I don't know that, but the reality is... We are the Exodus generation. What do you mean by that? We're the gen- generation that's going to come out of this world. And we're going to we'll be the generation that finishes this world. I truly believe, I have to believe, Jesus is coming back. And, and I know that that's frustrating to a lot of people who still, have a lot of, uh, who still have a minimal amount of faith and a minimal amount of understanding of the gospel, uh, a, a minimal amount of love for God, and, and still have a great sense of, of condition to the world. Listen. The world is not your friend. You can be the f- world's friend, but the world is not your friend. Uh, you you can be friend to sinners, but you're not meant to be a sinner. Amen. Yeah. And so our goal is to reach people out of that. And for and even if you don't believe the return's coming for you, what about for somebody else? I mean, we just have to be in that mindset. So we're a chosen generation. Uh, but I also want to I, I want to speak to you this morning. The title of the sermon would be "Be Seen, Be Seen." Be seen, B-E-S-E-E-N. I want you to be seen. I want you to know somebody's seeing you right now. I want you to know that His eyes are on you right now. You need to live as if you're being seen. How many things have you done when nobody else could see you, or certain people couldn't see you? Because you might have been doing it with other people, but but the people that there's people that you did not want to see you doing what you're doing. If you had been living to be seen, you wouldn't have been doing what shouldn't have been seen. You find what I'm saying? And so you need to live a life with the mindset to be seen. In 1 Peter chapter 1, say this with me. This is my Bible, and it says everything I need to know, and I'm going to know it. In Jesus' name, be it to me, Lord. Amen. 1 Peter. Chapter one, 1 Peter chapter one. It's stated in, uh, uh, well, pick up in verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So when you're not having this this incredible experience with Jesus, you're not having those face-to-face moments with him, you need to rely upon his grace. When, When there's a space in your life Rely upon the grace in your life, okay? And, and that, that, that revelation will come. When you're in a situation, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. You rely upon the grace of God that will bring revelation of Jesus Christ. He will bring you the truth. He will bring you the revelation. Have you ever been in a in a difficult season, an uncertain season, and all of a sudden you show up in the praise and worship, and the praise and worship songs speak directly to what you're going through, right? That's the grace that is flowing upon your life that is bringing you into the revelation of Jesus Christ, okay? So he says, Gird up your loins of your mind and be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children... As obedient children, the other day, uh, the um, um, uh, what's their names? David and Levi and I can't remember who the other person was with. Stuart, <laughs> I do know my children. And we're playing in a golf tournament. And I hit a really good golf shot and it was inside a very close range to the pen. And David was next. And I said, David, we're playing the, the, a scramble. Everybody plays their ball and then you use the best one there. And I said, David, put it inside of mine. And David did his beautiful little golf swing. He did it, landed up there inside of me. He just looked at me and smiled. Not cocky, not prideful or anything like that. And this is what came to me. I said, I love obedient children. I love obedient. And one of the other children said, what? I said, I love obedient children. He said, well, you didn't tell me to put it inside. I wasn't talking to you. I just love obedient. God loves obedient children. It brings joy to him. It brings pleasure. To him. You know, we may still have been able to make the play from there, from where I shot it, from where somebody else shot, but there's just something about, it just pleases God, and you will hit closer to the mark when you're obedient. You will get closer and closer to the, to the ultimate. Matter of fact, your, your fulfilled destiny in your life is, is totally in, in alignment with your obedience in your life. Because if you're not obedient, you'll never be who God created you to be. You will sit and struggle where you are and wrestle where you are. There will not be fulfillment in your life. Be obedient. Amen. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust. Now, listen, Peter's saying the same thing Paul says. Don't be conformed to this world. And and you you need to take your eyes off of whatever you have your eyes on and put your eyes on Jesus. If if, if there's anything between you and Jesus, it's a lust. It's your own desire. He just wants you to die. And we just don't want to die. Sad thing is everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. It's pitiful. And I'm not even talking about that dying. Jesus was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So everything's about dying. But every time we bow up. We're rebelling every time I bow up against what has caused me to die. You know, I might be in a situation and something's going on, and I'm like, it just just grates on my nerves. Come on, get your hand up in the air, praise Him and testify like you don't even care. Come on, anybody? Is there certain things, pet peeves? Isn't that offensive? I just called you a pet. You've got pet peeves, right? And, and, and just grace and nerve, God is killing you. No, he's, you're dying to yourself. You have a choice. You can grab, you can complain, you can argue, you can debate, uh, you, can, you can do whatever you want. You can compete, you can do whatever you want. But if you do what you want, the Lord's not your shepherd. Because if the Lord's your shepherd, you shall not want. You'll learn something from that or you'll allow it just to sizzle your flesh. I don't know what it is about God. I don't know this nature, but he loves the smell of burning flesh. It's a sweet-smelling savor to him. It's a uh, sweet-smelling to him, scent to him that he loves it. And and that's why they would use animals and burnt sacrifices and flesh burning. If you ever get around flesh burning, it stinks to human. And that's why sometimes you just got to go, that stinks. And, And you can be positive by saying that. What's going on? I don't know. It just stinks. It just stinks. My life stinks right now. And you can say with a smile. Why? Because God's going, sure does. Sure does, right? Have you ever noticed what you like doesn't stink? But what you do like or what you don't like stinks? You can walk into the kitchen and go, I'm not eating that. Right? It's not about us. It's about him. Matter of fact, your life is but a vapor. Even if you could live to the days of Methuselah, some thousand years, your life is still nothing but a vapor compared to the eternal God. So make the most of it. But don't get so frustrated with it. It's going to be over soon. Amen? So, first Peter, we're trying to get to verse 16. He said, Conforming to the lust, do not be conformed to the former lust. So don't go back to the things you came out of in your ignorance, but he who called you is holy. You also be holy in your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. It's that simple. I mean, there's some verses that you, if you just all you have is a razor blade, and they're getting ready to take your scripture from you. There's some little verses that you could just cut out and put it somewhere that that those who are who are persecuting you, those who want to uh, uh, those who want to kill you, those who want to martyr you, that you'd have that verse in your prison cell or in your your dark world or wherever it is. This would be a good one. For he who has called, you know, listen to me you have in your mindset and change it now erase it as quick as you can you have it in your mindset yes he's called me to preach yes he's called me to be a missionary yes he's called me that's just part of it he has called you where did he call you from he's in heaven so your calling is is a directive to you to get to heaven You have been called by God. You've been called by Jesus. You've been called by this one, and he's in heaven. Yes, you may go through this, and you may go through that, but your ultimate calling is to get to eternity. Your ultimate calling is to be like him. That's why God allowed Jesus to be revealed. That's why grace brings it into revelation. That's why God sent Jesus so we could see Jesus. Jesus came so that God could be seen. Uh, I'm going to say it about three or four times because it's got to get in here somewhere because you're getting in that stage already i've heard preaching i've heard teaching i've this and that and the only reason it doesn't it doesn't uh, correlate with you it doesn't digest with you is because that air conditioner just kicked on the only reason it doesn't is because you haven't meditated on it you haven't ruminated on it you see we should be the first church of the cows you know a cow takes that grass And then it goes back, and it regurgitates and kind of coughs it up a little bit and starts chewing on it again and again and again. He's ruminating on it, and he's getting all the ingredients. He's getting everything inside of him. You need to take those classes and go back over your notes. You need to take those classes and and listen back to them. Uh, you're You're on a rapid development in your life right now. So your calling comes from God. God has called you from heaven. Are you with me? To be like him. He says, be holy in all your conduct, in your conduct, Uh, your, your behavior, your mannerisms, your nature. Be holy in your lifestyle. Don't be holier than thou. Be holier than thee. You didn't get that. There's a tendency to want to be holier than somebody else, who you need to be holier than is yourself. That's the same thing as sinless. Well, nobody's sinless. No, that one's not, obviously. But I sin less today than I did 35 years ago. Are you with me? And so it's a process. It's a lifestyle. So I'm, I'm here to tell you this morning, I'm here to say to you on behalf of God, Peter quoted him, I'm quoting Peter, Peter quoted God. Peter quoted God straight out of uh, Leviticus 11.44 where he said, consecrate yourself and be holy because I'm holy. God in the very, very nature of God, he's trying to get man to reflect him. Trying to restore man to his image of who he was created to be. You're created in the likeness of God. You're created in the image of God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. You are his chosen, his elect. I mean, to wrap your mind around this, I'm telling you, the world won't be able to pull you out of it. You'll get so secure, you get so grounded and so founded in your faith, and you'll start to grow in that knowledge. You'll start to understand it. You have to grasp it and hold on to it. He says in 1144, he says, "He says consecrate yourself. So what does the word consecrate mean? It means dedicate yourself to a sacred purpose, sanctified. Have you ever uh, uh, ever stopped in the Lord's Prayer, and our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Write that word hallowed, the hallowed. Uh, that this is the word consecrate is hollow. Uh, your name is separate from every other name. Your name is like, it's not like any other name. Your name is above all other names. Isn't it amazing that we got into worship and it was all about his names? And I, I'm, I'm, right now I'm absolutely ordaining Gretchen. She's gonna take seven weeks on Wednesday nights and teach on nothing but the names of God the names of God, and just go and just over there. And she's going to tie in with it. She didn't know this, but she's going to tie in the seven Hebrew words of praise because I've got this funny feeling those Hebrew words of praise correlate with each name, each name. And we're going to find this place. See, I pushed you this morning. I I, I, I I pulled out and I said, come on, guys, let's praise him. We were sitting back. We were, we were on our heels. We're like that. We're on the defense instead of the offense. And we've got to press into the presence of God. Something has to shift. MJ, I'm proud of you, girl. Way to go. I saw her back there pacing. If you don't know if whether Pastor Greg will call on you or not, if, you, if I see you pacing with your Bible, I'm going to come up and say to you, what will I say to you? Come on, somebody who said, it, said to him before. You got something? You got something? You got something? But you, we're not always going to wait here. You're going to have something. But we've got to press into the Lord. We have to go after his presence. Are you with me? So, so Hollywood, his name is, is separate. His name stands alone. It also means uh, dedicate to a sacred purpose, sanctify hallowed. It literally means be holy. It means be separate. You have already taken a great step, but don't think you're holier than those just because you're here. That step never stops. You continue to separate yourself. You continue to, to set yourself apart. You continue. It's not for pride. It's, if you're going with the mindset, see me, it's wrong. But if you're not living with the mindset, be seen, you're still wrong. Well, what are you saying? That's, that's where I teach the invisible line. When does it become pride? When is it false humility? When is it only you know? It's when your heart is divided. When inside of your heart you're saying, I want somebody to see me instead of, Lord, use me however, and may I be seen for your glory. There's a big difference. And only you really know inside of your heart. Now, others will be able to discern, but don't worry about that. Don't live in the fear of man. Uh, Live live in the faith towards God. Are you with me? Yes, you want to be seen, but you don't want to be seen. You get what I'm saying? So you live for for his eyes only. You live for his eyes only. One thing Jesus has that didn't have that so many other people did have. He didn't have... uh, uh, a social media platform, and we have to be careful, if, if, and, and that's one of the big tough things. Is this so I can be seen? Is this so he can be seen? Are you with me? So just to get an image, because most of you probably understand social media and understand that world that we live in. Be careful. You have to be true that you want to be seen by him. So in other words, in other words, to be holy, to be sanctified, to be hallowed, uh, to be separate, to be uh, 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 dedicated. That's your personal decision. Listen to me. You choose today whether you're going to be holy or not. He already invited you. He didn't just invite you. He's commanded you to be holy. You must have a mindset from this day forward. You shouldn't have to wait for other messages about holiness. You should make such a commitment that anything and everything I do must go through the holiness of God. In other words, total devotion. not that crazy this morning? All of my heart, all of my soul, all of my love. You can have it all. You can have it all. I went back and borrowed one of the flags from Rebecca back there and, and just uh, because it, white is surrender. It's peace, surrender. We all ought to throw up a, a white sock or something, just sling it around before, if anybody has any white socks, and just sling it around before the Lord. We need to live in surrender, total devotion to God. It's your choice. It's your choice. And that's the only place you'll find real peace is when you're surrendered. So when. I got saved at that moment. Here's here's what holiness looks like. At that moment, just three little areas. When I got saved, one God. I surrendered at that moment. My salvation was a decision that there's one God, and, and he can have me. I only have one God. So I didn't have any other gods. I don't have any other gods. I'm not supposed to have any other gods in my life. No more idolatry. None of that stuff in my life. That's total surrender. That's what holiness looks like. That's what holiness looks like. Uh, the next stage in my life where uh, then when, when I, I felt that this this calling that there is there is a greater purpose on my life uh, that required a greater devotion in my life. And you've heard this story is that I crawled up underneath the bunk beds in the morning and at the nighttime. It was there that I separated myself even from my roommates who I had to live with. I wasn't trying to say I'm better than you guys. I did it at my time. I didn't do it at their time to try to prove some of them, and I didn't tell them they had to do it. But that was a moment of my, that was the determining moment of my life. It was a critical stage in my life because I made a holy move in my life, and I decided I am separating myself from just what they tell me to do. I'm doing what I desire to do. I'm going to seek God on my own, and you need to make those kind of decisions. I make a reference also of quite often, DJ. I, I think I might have been second year there, and, 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 and when he decided we're reading the Bible through in the year that that uh, uh, you read it twice, I think didn't you? He read it twice. Read it twice. What he did, he he didn't he didn't he was obeying God. He didn't tell the whole class, "Hey, I'm reading it twice, guys." I had to find out. I'm like, "Are you a slow reader?" You know, I think we had a little meeting. I was like, "DJ, are you a slow reader? Why?" Well, because I see you reading in the morning, I see you reading in the afternoon, and instead of reading at night, there's only three chapters we have to read, bud. Come to find out he's reading it twice. Why? That was his way, I had my bunk bed, he had his two year Bible study plan, well, twice in a year Bible study plan. You have yours, nobody's going have to notice it, you're being seen by him. And then all of a sudden, you start making these decisions of dedication, of devotion, of consecration, of separation. You're going holy, friends. You're going holy. It's not a religion. It's a decision. It's a decision. And so that's up to you. So that, that was my, um, with God, with ministry, and then life, when I said yes to that woman... That was a holy decision because I separated myself. You would be amazed how many people wanted me. No, I'm just kidding. I separated myself unto her. And, 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 you know, I shared this, I think, with maybe I don't know where I was preaching recently, but, but I shared that, and finally people were like, ah, Because the reality is we live a little upside down. You would agree with me 100%. That you would think that is absolutely wrong, Greg, that you're married to Gretchen, but on Friday nights, you go with the boys, and you can look at the menu, or, or, or you, can, you can date around a little bit, play around a little bit. Everyone in here say that's wrong, but when it comes to God, we're like, eh, you know, Right? So marriage, one wife, that, that's that's holiness. It's not as unattainable as you think. You know why you think it is? Because people have preached it, that it's impossible because they're not willing to do it. They're not willing to do it. And so they've made it to where everybody else's scale is way down here, so they could still just be a little bit better. I'm talking about preachers. I'm talking about ministers. I'm talking about pastors. I'm talking about parents. I'm talking about people. They, they have diminished this holy convocation that man can be one with God. And God says it comes through holiness. I'm a holy God. I'm a standalone God. So the importance is high. Why is it so high? Go with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Why is it so critical, so important for us to have holiness in our life? Listen, I mean, it it, it blows me away. And we we are... being used graciously by the Lord to annihilate this once-saved-always-saved mindset, this one prayer, one-and-done prayer thing. There are a lot of bands in this world, and there's some of them I would say their name, you'd say, I've never heard of them, and then I'd play their one-hit wonder, and you'd go, oh, yeah, I know that song, but you don't know them. You don't know them. Uh, the reality is we're not meant to be a one-hit wonder. This, this is, this is our, our life. This is our lifestyle. This is how we live. It's not one prayer and done. How many of y'all want to see Jesus? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. I'll pick up in 12 just for fun. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. In other words... Praise and worship before we have the word. And he goes on, he says, verse 14, pursue peace with all people, your roommates, your brothers, your sisters, your parents. Pursue peace with all people. You don't pick and choose. He picked and chose you. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Let me back this out now, okay? Without it, nobody will see the Lord. Without what? Without holiness? Without holy, holiness or peace. I know, it just went right over your head, didn't it? Let me bring it back to the simplicity of the gospel. Love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Peace with people? Loving your neighbor as you love yourself. I just want peace. Where, where do you get peace? In surrender. surrender not about me as if you should do things my way. Holiness. He's a holy God. And if you're not holy, you won't see him. You will not see him. And if you're not holy, he won't be seen in you. People will see you and they'll see your Christianity. They'll see your religion. They'll see your personality tied into it, but they won't see him. This is why the church is so ineffective in ministry, the church at large. Because they see where they go to church. They they see what kind of worship they have. They see see all those extremities, but they don't see God. Does your life convict or convince people of God? Holiness is important. Man, if I were you, I'd get out my Sharpie and write H-O-L-I-N-E-S-S. You have got to stamp this somewhere on your life. You've got to stamp it somewhere on your life. Holiness is of priority, of great importance. So to see and to be seen, nobody will see the Lord without holiness. Nobody will see the Lord if you don't have holiness. Holiness. You won't, they won't. So we are, in essence, called to be an example. Okay? Now, in this room this morning, there's students and there's old folks. Okay? And in this room, older folks. Sorry, didn't mean to offend anybody. In this room, each one of us have a role of being an example. Each one of us should be a reflection uh, to others of Christ. What is an example? One that serves as a pattern to be imitated or not to be imitated. So you and I make a choice and they and them make a choice also. We're either going to be the choice of the example of what to do, or we may be to some people the choice of what not to do. I've been around some people. I learned more of what not to do from them than I learned what to do from them. You can learn from anyone. So the passage is here is that you don't have to go live on an island or go find a special people. You can learn from any situation, right? But then you can also be the people that your life reveals to them what not to do because they're still doing it. Here's people who want to do what is right. Here's people who don't want to do what is wrong. You can be that example. I thought about the word example, and I thought X. Sometimes you can make X out to be extra, more of, or sometimes you can make X out to be X, X it out, just exit it out. So what to do, what not to do, and we need to do ample of both of them. You don't need to just fast once a year. You need to live a fasted lifestyle. You need to have an ample of showing people what not to do or showing people what, do, what to do. You and I are the sample of Christ, just like Christ was the sample of God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see, uh, sample him, experience him. And all of a sudden, they're saying, oh, wow, he's good. And they're saying things like, nobody can do this stuff unless God is with them. They're starting to see God in Jesus because Jesus was holy did you hear me? He was holy. He consecrated himself. He dedicated himself. He devoted himself, not just in his, not just in his spiritual life, but even in his natural life, in his personal life, he lived in such a manner. There's times he said what needed to be said. There's times he didn't say anything at all. There's times he did things. There's times he didn't do things. Jesus was the example of God. He was the fulfillment of the 10 commandments. And then he was the distributor. He was the he was the author of the two greatest commandments. To love God with a fully devoted, consecrated, dedicated. And here's one thought to be consecrated, okay? Is to be concentrated. To be concentrated. I don't know if they have they have frozen orange juice anymore, the little, you know, the concentrate things. You know what I'm talking about, Michelle. Those little, remember we used to get them. We had to peel the plastic thing off, pop the lid off. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I, I was bummed out when I was the last one to come into the kitchen when we're going to have orange juice in the morning because you pop that can off and, and and then you could eat some of just the concentrated orange. Come on, anybody, who, anybody else in here ever done it? It's just like invigorating, man. It's like vitamin C. I could pop every button right now. Stuff is intense. I don't even know if they, they still make it. They still negotiate. it. Buy it, baby. Go get it. Bring it home to me. I'm going to eat a whole thing. Guys, I would start with one bite. I mean, and all of a sudden I get down. I'm like, man, we're going to have some weak orange juice in the house. Because I'd be like an inch into that thing. Just mm. Concentrate. To concentrate is to. To, to, to look intently into, to, 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 to stay away, put blinders on so you don't have distractions. Don't look to your left and right. What are they doing? Are they, it doesn't matter. All that matters is what you're doing, and if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, y'all will meet up somewhere. Y'all will come in agreement. I'm not talking about marriage right now. Some of y'all just went, it could come to that. It could come to that. You never know. But if you're getting all distracted and doing it in your own strength, you're messing it up. Anything that starts with bad roots, going to produce some bad fruit. So an example is, is one that seems as a pattern to be imitated or to not be imitated. So not only is Jesus that, uh, Paul was that, but Jesus in John chapter 14 verse, uh, verse 9. Turn there with me. Jesus literally says to these guys, he says, look, man, this is where I'm going. I'm heading out of here. You read it just a couple couple of days ago. He said, you guys can go where I'm going. And, but in verse nine, Jesus said to them, I have been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip. He's like, look, look, Philip. Uh, buddy, the problem's not with me. Phil, you need to understand, you've been easily distracted uh, you've been trying to, to uh, add and multiply and do all these things here, and you're looking at other things around He said, but Philip, all you do is keep your eyes on me. But there's things that I've made known to you that you don't know. He could literally walk into the school of ministry. He could walk into the church. He could walk into J3 and said, look, you should know these things by now. You should. He said, how long, how long have I been with you? And you don't know these things. Are you with me? So some, listen, some things might take longer than others. He sticks around, to, but it's only three and a half years of ministry. Three and a half years of ministry. He's saying, guys, you should have it by now. You should get it by now. So he says, how long have I been with you? He who has seen me, he who has seen me, remember the, the, the title is, be seen. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So Jesus saying, you see me, you see him because I only have eyes for him because my eyes are to be seen by him. He was living for the glory of God. He was consecrated, separated. He was committed, dedicated, devoted to the plan of God. And so everything about his life was godly. Because everything about his life was God. And so he says, now that you've seen me, I was the example. I was the pattern which you can or should live by. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? So obviously somewhere Philip had his eyes personally on Jesus. Philip obviously was not living wholly. Here's one definition I've carried for years of holiness total devotion to the deity, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and to the work of the deity. Love God, love others. Love the one who called you, love the calling, right? You're just here for a while. You're just here for a while. Hey, I don't know, maybe in some of the schools you've, you've had a six-week six week run of this or a, or a six-month run. You know, you're on this uh, cleanup schedule and then you're off it for six weeks. You guys ever do stuff like that? You're just kind of, okay, so you're, you're off of it. And, and, and think of life that way. I'm gonna be off this before I know it. I'm gonna be off this. I'm just here for these 36 years, for these 76 years or whatever. Again, it is nothing but a spot, compared to eternity. A speck would be a better word. Spot's too big. Embrace it. Live it. Finish it. So Jesus being the example, and and, and Matthew 16, 24. Turn there with me. Matthew 16, 24. Jesus once again speaks. So thankful for whoever it was that was so kind and generous to, to make the red letter edition of the Bible. I think it was a great, thought and idea. You ever thought about that person? Who is that person? Think of how much they have marked your life and you only know who they are. You know why? Because they weren't doing it to be seen. They were doing it to be seen. Did you get that? Where's the fine line between? It's invisible. It's a spiritual thing, friends. It's something in the spirit You're not going to see, you're not here for rules and regulations. You're here to facilitate the opportunity to build a deeper, more personal, committed, devoted, dedicated, consecrated relationship with Jesus Christ. You're here to give you the environment to become holy, to be holy. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples If anyone desires to come after me, Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And follow me. Verse 25 is worth reading. For whoever desires to save his life, that's wanting things your way. Whoever desires to say, Lord, please take this out of my life and take this out of my life. I don't want it this way. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. we Will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It's in those moments where, where you're about to lose your mind. It's in those moments where you're about to lose at your, your last nerve, right? It's in those moments there that you're just, and you're trying to get yourself some comfortable, pleasurable situation there. Uh, you're trying to find yourself. You're going to lose yourself. But when you're losing it and you're about to lose it, you're getting ready to find who you really are. You're getting ready to find out who he really is, Right? Jesus was, listen, Jesus, the one who we are to submit to, devote to, uh, uh, honor, and obey, learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Jesus was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What's my point here? He was submissive. He was committed. He, he, He was losing himself all the way through this thing. He kept denying himself kept denying himself. He's the pattern, friends. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. you got to get this. You've got to get this. So Jesus is the pattern. And he's and, and part of the pattern is you need to follow it. Uh, Regina gave me a, a picture that um, she and John saw somewhere. And she said, just made me think of you, you and, and Pastor Gretchen. I'm, it's in my office. I don't think Gretchen's seen it yet. She just gave it to me, and, it's, and it looks like it's, it'd probably be the hands of Betsy Ross or someone like that, stitching one thread at a time the American flag. One at a time. And just those hands and, and in there. But you have to follow a pattern. I mean, when I crochet, I don't follow a pattern. When I crochet, I throw away. But if you were to crochet or cross stitch, I have daughters, if you were to do that or to, to uh, uh, sew a dress, you have to follow a pattern. You know why this world is so messed up, so construed, so strewn, so, so uh, uh, out of order? They're not following a pattern. Not following a pattern. Cool thing about your patterns: a relationship, and it has a destination, it has a fulfillment, it has a reward. And Jesus is that pattern. Even when Moses was to build the the the, uh, the tabernacle for God on earth, there was a pattern shown. There was a pattern shown, and he had to follow that pattern. Jesus is the pattern. So Jesus is an example for that. Spiritual leaders, spiritual leaders, first and foremost, Jesus. But sometimes you, you just need that in between. You need parents, you need pastors, you need teachers, you need mentors, you need uh, disciples, you need all these different people, employers for employees. Most likely the employee, if they founded the business, they've already done the job you did. They've they already done it. And so when they say do it, that's the right way to do it. You just go with it. So here Jesus is. I remember, this just got to catch this. It's not to be seen. It's to be seen. It's to be seen. Okay? And so Paul said this in, in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1, he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So no way, if Jesus is the way, you can't start imitating this person to get to that Christ. You need to imitate Paul as he imitates Christ. You need to do what people do to follow Christ. Not what they do to get awards and and accolades and stuff. You follow what I'm saying? So we see spiritual leaders have this part. Turn with me to 2 Timothy. In 2 Timothy... Paul is writing to Timothy. So Paul's still speaking this language and he's talking about Timothy. And, and Timothy is a, is, a, uh, is a son of the faith, okay? Timothy has Eunice and Lois. His, he has a grandmother and a, and a mother who are, who are believers, who are followers. His dad is Greek. Obviously, they're, they're pointing out that his dad was not a believer in this season or this time of his life. And so uh, he just had a couple of women. He said a couple of women, but then God somehow sovereignly put this apostolic man uh, in his life, this man of God. This man of God doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have. And so often we think about, well, I didn't have this, and I didn't have that, and I've got to have this, and I've got to have that. There, there's missing parts in the midst of this. There's missing parts. You're not always going to have a, a perfect world. You're not going to have a perfect scenario. There's going to be some people who aren't in the place that they need to be in. You're, you're, you live in a fallen world. You live in a broken world and quit trying to fight to fix that or to blame that for where you are. It's a mess. Sin has made a mess of this world. So some way you just have to accept that because God's holy. So we're trying to look for wholeness instead of holiness. Please, just close your eyes for a second. Simorocata si poremeli laquite, Yada mambasoto la bigita la labama simboroboco, Cote la mas siamara Ipo toromo boshin la labahate, simbor la bakite. I want you to hear this. I felt strong to, to intercede over you in the spirit. Because majority of us are still looking for wholeness instead of holiness. You have to let this sink in. This is truth. You need to be seeking holiness, which is God. Wholeness. Wholeness. There's missing pieces in my life, your life, broken pieces, crushed pieces. And the only way you'll be made, you will be made whole is through him. No man can make you whole. No woman can make you whole. Amen? So... Jesus teaches, Paul teaches. And this is what Paul said. Jesus said, follow me, and this is what Paul said. Verse 10, 2 Timothy 3. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions. I mean, I, I think I think when Paul started writing this, I don't know. I don't know this, but I get the sense when Paul started writing, you know, you, you follow... Oh, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. Like Timothy was obviously dedicated. Timothy was obviously not just a name only. Oh, that's my spiritual father. Who's your spiritual? Oh, um, where are they at? Well, the, I don't. I'm not sure where they're at now. No, it, it was. It, it wasn't what he was getting out of it. It's what he was putting into it. And what he was putting into it is what he got out of it. What you sow, you reap. Plant yourself, you'll grow. Listen to this. He said, but you carefully, with fullness of care, followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, What's happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. You were with me, buddy. You were there. I watched you. You committed to this. So he's not just talking to the Corinthians, imitate me and exhorting them to. He's saying, buddy, you did it. He he probably called him Timmy. Timmy, you did it, man. This is who you are. Who are you? That's where the question comes down. Who are you going to be? What are you going to commit to? How devoted are you going to be? How dedicated are you going to be? How committed are you going to be? Do you desire to be holy? And it requires all that to become holy. Holy. It's lifestyle. It's day-to-day lifestyle. It's following Jesus. But then sometimes God will put a man in your life, put a woman in your life, it put somebody in there to the need to follow in the midst of that. He goes on and said, What persecutions I endured, out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So here's my point. Holiness is your separation from but your separation to, but it's not your escape from persecution, hardships, afflictions. Part of, they, they just come with it. All who desire to live God in they Christ, they're going to suffer persecutions. So listen to me. If you can't handle mop duty, you're probably not going to handle persecution. If you can't handle a snoring roommate, you're probably not gonna handle midnight prayer hour getting out of jail. I'm, I'm serious. I mean, you could go down, there's much better preaching you could probably go down a list and just rat and roll on that and you'd be standing up and clapping, but the reality is, the reality is, these little things that are, that are, that are wearing you out and causing you to lose control and causing you to be distracted, if you can't handle that, you're not gonna handle the word of God. You're not going to handle the anointing. You're not going to handle the power. You're not, you're not going to be able to handle the afflictions that come to your life. Many are the afflictions. Persecutions. I used to do this thing with my children, with the older children. I would uh, come home and be traveling, and they would either get on my bed or out in the living room somewhere. i say, okay, okay, we're going to play it now. Tickle game. Tickle game, and the first one to laugh, you know, they'd have to go out, you know, and then the last one and and to laugh there. Hosanna's always been the greatest at it. She she can't do it anymore now, but she was the greatest at it. Uh, but but the 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 early stage I would say, okay, here's the deal: if you laugh, it's the same as denying Jesus Christ. <laughs> Some people are staring at me like, you can't do that, you I did, I did. I never slapped them in the face. I never beat them with a belt buckle. I didn't. I never abused them, but I trained them because I believed at that day that they will one day live in the face of persecution, and so are you. Somebody, somewhere in your life, someone in your life, you're going to be threatened to choose whether you believe in Jesus or if you deny them, they'll let you go. And because you get out of all of your little whatever... Stuff you're going through, and you're always looking for some whiny way to get out of it, you won't get out of that, friends. I'm telling you, you won't. You will not. You will not. If you can't stand in the midst of your little fleshly challenges and mental battles, you will not stand when there's a pistol to your head, uh, when there's a knife to your throat, when there's a determination whether you go to jail or don't go to jail, you will crumble. That thundered. You will. You'll fall. So you're learning to stand. You're learning to gain ground. And listen back. It's not wholeness. Yeah, I get it all the time. And listen, I, I listen by faith. You'll stumble into more things than you'll find by seeking. And by His grace, I am who I am today. I'm not trying to promote anything whatsoever. I found my fa- my grandfather. I was in second grade. My brother and I walked home, and we saw his truck, and every time he came to our house, he had a Tonka toy. He, and We just knew that he, that's, he, every, we had every metal Tonka toy truck there could be found because he would bring them. So it was always a happy time to see his truck. And the truck is parked on the side of the house. There was an old building in the back where they would build boats down in Florida. They'd build these boats, and it was, it was ours, and, 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 and we saw his truck there. We looked, and we saw him back there standing on a chair. Thought he was doing something out there. So we ran out there. We found out the chair was tipped over. He hung himself. Now, I could sit here and whine and cry that I didn't have this, and I found somebody, but God somehow, because of these kind of decisions, I don't remember ever having to go to him about this and about that. These kind of decisions... S- they, they, they had a sense of circumcision on them because I went into that straight and narrow path. Some of the things are the carnal things of this world. Listen, I had sexual problems when I was a young child with other people, okay? We didn't have all the terminology and all the, all the medical things for it. I've been there. That stuff doesn't mess with me. It doesn't warp with me. It does not because of these decisions not because of this counseling session, not because of this meeting, and not because of this therapy, not because of, no, 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 no. I, I, listen, I don't have time to dance anymore. I don't, the, the, we're, we're running a race. The finish, listen to me, listen to me. Some people will come, you'll hear it in revision. Possibly, now they probably won't. But the, the people will say, the prophet. How I many of you have ever heard people say that, the prophet? If you've ever heard my prophetic voice, get ready. We're getting closer and closer to the finish line, where this world that we want is coming to an end. It's all going to burn. It's all going to dissolve unless you're consumed by the fire. And if you're consumed by the fire, you won't be worried about being destroyed by the fire. Fire cannot destroy fire. Amen. He goes on. I'm going to finish this up. Yes, all who desire to live God in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You're going to so quit kicking against it does anybody know what a goat is i wish i would have brought one a goad a goat (laughs) see some of the (laughs) the country folks it's the the shocker it's the thing that they would stick cows with it was a shocker for us now but it's a pointy thing then they stick the cow in the root and the cow would go you can't push a cow friends you cannot push a cow we were at outreach ministries and and we're loading up all the cows and and they're getting in the back of a trailer and and one cow had three legs in and one out. Not up. Let's just push it. It's not moving. Four guys. It's not moving. Doesn't matter how much it weighs. It's the strength that goes with the weight. It was the will and the mind. The cow did not want to go in there. But then one little touch with a goad, zoom Went up in there. It just it prompts. It puts something. Your persecutions, your trials, and your tribulations are His goat. God's testing you. God's checking you out. And when you whine and cry about it, and you doubt and fail and frail around with it, you're not passing the test. You're not. You're not advancing in life. You get stuck right there, and you get worried with these things, friends. That's God saying, "I'm going to see where they are." I'm going to see if they're going to follow me through the situation. Somebody say amen, I'll finish in a few minutes. He said, for evil, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, And from your childhood. So he goes on. He he involves Eunice and Lois. He's following the pattern. He is following the pattern that God has set up. Here's the last thing. Go with me to Matthew chapter 5. Be seen. You know, it's an interesting thing in Scripture that it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So it begins with God so loved the world. And then over in 1 John chapter 2, 15, 16, 17, the scripture says, do not love the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if you have the love of the world in you, the love of the Father is not in you. But he who abides to the end, you know, shall be saved. So like, wait a minute. You love the world. I'm not supposed to love the world. You're not supposed to love the world the way you love the world. You're supposed to love the world the way he loves the world. Holiness. Holiness. Be no longer conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to prove what is the perfect and acceptable will of God. So here, I've told you, be seen but I've also told you, don't be seen. You don't do this to be seen on an earthly level for your own gain, for your own promotion, for your own praise. For You, you don't do that for, for your self-preservation or your self-promotion, but you need to be seen so that others can learn and walk in the pattern, but they should only imitate you if you're imitating Christ. And here in Matthew chapter 5, Verse 14, you are the light of the world, a city that, listen, who said this? Jesus is the light of the world, but the light of the world is saying to you, he said to you Sunday morning, said you are the chosen, listen, the chosen one said Sunday morning, you are chosen. Man, I wish, I I wish I was one of those preachers that could get to you all. But that'll last about as long until the persecution comes. Until graduation comes. The light of the the, the chosen one of God said, you are chosen. Why? Because he's the pattern. Now the light of the world is saying, you are the light of the world. You. If that doesn't put a sense of weightiness upon your life, a sense of responsibility upon your life, a sense of of focus upon your life. I am to them as he was to me he said love love your wife like christ loved the church love like i loved you i love you like the father loved me it's the pattern stitch by stitch by stitch thread by thread by thread he said nor he said, you are the light, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Could you imagine for just a moment? Now I'm speaking to you as a preacher, I'm speaking to you as a as a pastor, I'm speaking to you as a prophet, that as I am, so could you be. You could become the lampstand in a church. You could become the lamp in somebody's house. You could become the light in somebody's darkness. That's what he's saying. He's passing on. He said, it, it just, it's a flow. It's the pattern of heaven. You are to be seen. Light brings revelation. You are meant to bring, bring a revealing of Christ, a revealing of God. That, that's who you are. You need to understand this isn't about what you want or what you need. This is about who you are and who you're supposed to be and what he wants and what he needs. No, every one of you should be able to stand up here. In nine months, every one of you should be able to stand up here and testify the glory of God. Every one of you ought to be able to come up and pray the prayer that will bring the church to their knees and bring heaven to the the house. That's who you need to realize that's who you are. All I can do is preach my life of what the pattern was for me. It ought to become for you. We, we, we made a decision years ago, Gretchen and I did. We heard an older couple say something, and thank goodness we were already living by some of the principle, and, and they stepped, and, and, and she reached over and held Gretchen's hand. We're, it's just two older people, and Gretchen and I are sitting at a table. Now, everybody else was all in the ministers. There's another 40 people there, and they're all talking and playing and doing this and doing that, but something holy was happening at that table. And we started to draw from this elderly couple and ask them questions and just listen to them in tears in our eyes. And before you know it, another one came up and sat down. And then another one, before you know it, the whole group was circled around listening to these saints of old. Why? Because they had the pattern. Why? Because they, they, they were the old, uh, I guess that's what you call them, blueprints or patterns. And have you ever found grandma's patterns? You're like, oh, grandma used to make, and then you find her pattern or you find her recipe. You're like, oh, we've been forgetting to put the nutmeg in there. Grandma put the, oh. And then you saw her fingerprints and you saw the, the ingredients were some on the paper. And then all of a sudden you started to feel the love. And all of a sudden your banana bread started tasting better. Because you started doing it out of love, because you went back to the pattern instead of, you get what I'm saying. And so we're sitting around with these people, and that's that's what you need to do. When you see a leader sitting at a table, get up next to him, get near him, and ask him, said, oh, "How did you do this? And how did you do that?" If you find a leader who says, "You gotta do it this way," that's legalism. No, it's a lifestyle. Give give people something to follow; they'll catch it. Those who want to follow will catch it. Jesus says, if, if is conditional. It's up to you if you want to follow. It's up to you if you want to follow. It's up to you if you want to follow somebody. It's not up to me saying, you got to do it this way. No, 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 no. They sat down with tears in their eyes. They'd raised two young men of God, and one uh, that we know very dearly. And she says, you know, she said, uh, we, we just built their character it was up to God to choose their calling. Let me tell you something. We, had, we adopted that. We adapted that. You can adopt something and not adapt something. And we adapted that mindset. How many children do we have, Gretz, that are married? Twelve? Seven, seven are married. All seven of them are in ministry. I never once told them, You go to ministry because your daddy's a preacher, boy. They found the pattern. They have unique ways. All of them are a little bit different in what they do and how they do it. But they found the pattern. There's a pattern set that one must follow. Listen to what he says. Gives light to all who are in the house. I'm, I'm hoping you become lampstands in the house of God. I'm hoping you become a lampstand in your own house, that you determine, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't know what he looks like yet. I don't know what she looks like. But with me, with them, they're going to look good, right? Not me. You with them going to make them look good. That's what this, she's, she's, she's meant to make me look good. I'm meant to make her look good. She's a righteous fox. They only know what a fox is, do they? Yeah. All right. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The very words of Jesus the Christ that you may be seen, that your good works are seen by men and that your Father, which is in heaven, Gets the glory if the works i'm doing brings me the glory i'm a thief nothing short of a thief but if the works that i do are seen by men those who are consecrated those who are looking for a pattern those who are looking for a way and they're drawing they're looking for that it will glorify the father do you realize you might be the snag or the or the snatch for somebody in god's glory You literally can mislead somebody. I I met somebody just the other day, and I thought, this is interesting. This person has an aversion to me. They literally have an aversion to me. I could tell in the conversation, it was no eye contact. And I was asking some very nice questions. I mean, they're just everyday, kind, considerate questions. Matter of fact, I was was, uh, bragging uh, on, on them to a certain degree. Or appreciating might have been a better word. And then they asked me if I know somebody. And I was like, "How'd that name come in this conversation? This person's from another state, these people are some and, I, and and I, I started to to just think for a moment and, and they said they go to they go to your church." I was like, "Oh, cat's out of the bag. She knows who I am. I don't know who this person is, but she knows that I'm the pastor at the well. And the reality is... Her aversion was to who I am, was that I'm a pastor, that I'm in a church. And then I found out a few minutes afterwards that she had been involved in a cult. And this cult had a a church, some people who took some end-time principles and went and lived in the woods, in essence, and built their own commune. Is that that right, Chris? And some uh, built their own as a cultic. And then the the leadership started lording over them and and abusing them and even some sexual things going on in the midst of it. Oh, my heart's broken for this person. Now I understand what had an aversion to me. But wholeness isn't going to fix that. Holiness will. If she will turn her heart completely to the Lord, she'll turn her face towards the Lord. Only he can heal. Only he can restore. Only he can repair. Here's what I want to say to you. We're not here lording over you. There's a pattern it's been set from the beginning of eternity. And it leads you all the way to eternity. And that's what you must put yourself on. You need to be holy because He is holy. And the only time you should follow me is if I'm imitating Him in holiness. So your head, heads bowed for a second? When you come to the conclusion in your own heart. And when your mind agrees with it, I'm not asking you to make a commitment to the pattern here. But you want to be holy as he is holy. Because if you're not committed to Christ, you're not committed to the pattern. But if you're committed to Christ, you allow him to determine the pattern for your life. You might be a red stripe. You might be white stars. You might be a white stripe. You might be a blue background. Nevertheless, you're a thread. One stitch at a time. I see the hand of God. This isn't the first. This isn't the first flag that he's woven Isn't the first dress that he's made. It's not the first saint. He's been doing this through generations upon generations. You can trust him. He created you, he's for you. You're on his mind. Today you can put your hand, you put your your life in his hand and ask him to stitch you into the big plan. We're all just little threads. So I ask you this question Do you want to be holy? He didn't ask the question. I'm asking the question. He said, be holy, for I'm holy. Not holier than thou. Not holier than you. Holier than thee. Holier than the me that I am right now. When you come to that conclusion in your heart and your mind, however you choose to respond whether it's standing lying flat coming to the altar you make that decision make that move could this be the one more move that the king has could it be a message of surrender Dedication, devotion. You be holy, for I am holy. I trust that you are encouraged and inspired by the word of God today. Once again, I want to say thank you for joining us on this podcast. It's very important that after you receive the Word of God to make sure it gets sealed in your heart. I'd like to do that with you. I'd like to pray with you that we can tuck it away in our hearts and that we let the Word of God have free course, move swiftly in us, and it would glorify God. You know, the Word of God is a seed. You can expect results out of it. You can expect fruit out of it. You can expect something to be produced. Again, I'm so thankful that you joined us. Now allow me just a moment to pray with you. Father God, we come to you in the wonderful name of Jesus the word of God himself. And I thank you for the word that has been heard. I thank you for the word that has been received. And Lord, now I ask that it gets covered up and it gets protected and locked and lodged in our hearts, Lord. And Father, I pray that you would water it. I pray that you would nurture it, that you would bring the light and revelation that it needs. And I pray that it produce good fruit in each and every heart that has received it today. I ask this in Jesus' name. I do this at the end of every service at the church. I want to do it with you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and may the Lord find great delight in you and may you find great joy in him. May the Lord provide for you. May the Lord protect you and may the Lord give you peace, peace. God bless you. Thanks for joining us.